Yo, this is Axel Rose of Guns N' Roses. Hey, this is Carmen Electra. Hi, this is Daryl Strawberry. What up, though? This is Big Snoop Deal Double G. Hi, this is John Stallard. Hey, yo, Hulk Hogan here. What's up? This is Beyonce. I got a great show lined up for y'all. Hey, yo, yo, yo. Let's get this party started. The Sports Beat. You know what? Let's keep it hot. The Sports Beat is off the chain, man. Ah, yeah. The Sports Beat. Download the podcast now. You're listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. And once again, welcome to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. I am your host, Richard Holdridge. Happy to be here on this Thursday, broadcasted on WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key. And I've got a great show for you. It's game day. The Columbus Rapids men and women's team are in action Tonight at the Columbus Civic Center against the Rome Gladiators. As we have action in the National Indoor Soccer League. And I am looking forward to these games. I'll have the call on the National Indoor Soccer League's YouTube channel. As the Columbus Rapids women's team come into this contest 4-7 and seven on the season. Taking on the Rome Gladiators, which are in first place by percentage points. They've only played five games. The last game that the women played was on February 24th, and they lost to the Fayetteville Fury 10-1. to The Columbus Rapids women's team is hoping to get the victory over the Gladiators. They've had two very close contests. Last game on February 20th, on Sunday, Rome was able to win the contest right at the last second thanks to a go-ahead goal by Carly Banks. And this is going to be a matchup of the two top goal scorers in the NISL. Olivia Gerald for the Columbus Rapids and Carly Banks for the Gladiators, both with 11 goals on the season. Now looking over on the men's side, as they are 3-8 and eight on the season, taking on the Gladiators, who are 0-5. The Columbus Rapids were able to beat the Rome Gladiators twice already in the regular season, and the last contest, they beat them 6-3. to So looking for some victories on the pitch, and I'm excited about calling these games. So last night at the Lumpkin Center, the Columbus State women's team was able to get a big victory over Augusta University, 60-57 to in the first round of the Peach Belt Conference Tournament. And it was a very close game. I was listening to the game on the radio. You had Chrysalyn Boston, Amber Abouzier, and Imani Arnold, both with 13 points. Columbus led most of the game, but Augusta kept it close. And now the Columbus State women are 17-12 on the season, 9-9 in the Peach Belt. And on Saturday, they will travel up to North Georgia College for the semifinal game in the Peach Belt. Of course, the championship game in the Peach Belt Conference Tournament for the women's teams are Sunday, March the 6th. The Columbus State men's team that was able to pick up their 20th victory, they're still looking to reach the Peach Belt Conference Tournament and maybe even win this thing. They have a tough road as they will travel on the road to take on the number one seed, Augusta University, tomorrow night as they will play this semifinal game in Augusta for a chance to play for the championship game on March the 5th. A reminder that the Southeast Regional Tournament in the NCAA Division II is March 12th through the 15th. With three automatic bids and five at-large bids, the Columbus State Cougars are hoping to at least get in a large bid, especially with 20 wins. Columbus State feels that they have had a very good season and that they are worthy of getting one of those at-large bids. So the Columbus State 
baseball team pushed their record to 14 and 3 on the season after defeating Point University 21 to 3 yesterday at Ragsdale Field at Burger King Stadium. The game lasted 7 innings as they won on a mercy rule and they will get ready for a big 3 game series. It'll be the first conference series in the Peach Belt for the Columbus State baseball team as they will take on Clafton University. The LaGrange baseball team is ranked 21 in the new poll that just came out for NCAA Division 3 as they take their 9-1 record to take on East Mennonite at Cleveland Field at Wilkinson Stadium this weekend for a three-game series. As we get ready for the Final Four in most divisions for GHSAA, and we also have championship games in AHSAA, the Manchester Blue Devils did it. They were able to beat Towns County 64-45 last night, and they punched their ticket to the Final Four for single-A public as they will take on Warren County this Saturday in the other game, Drew Charter taking on Social Circle. So good luck to the Manchester boys basketball team as they make it into the Final Four. Of course, Spencer will take on Marist this Friday for 4A. So we do have some local teams here in Columbus that are representing Let's go through all the final four matchups. Let's start with let's start with double A as we have Northeast taking on West Side and we have Butler taking on Woodville Tompkins. Over in 3A, we have Windsor Forest taking on Thompson and we have Cross Creek taking on Beach. Of course, in 4A that we talked about, Spencer is taking on Marist and in the other game, McDonough is taking on Westover. In 5A, Jonesboro taking on Eagles Landing. Boy, the city of McDonough is really representing as Eagles Landing makes it all the way to the Final Four. And you have Tri-Cities taking on Calhoun. In 6A, you have Buford taking on Sequoia. And you have Grovetown taking on Langston Hughes. In 7A, you have Pebblebrook taking on Burkmar. And Newton taking on Norcross. The 2A championship for AHSAA is set. Section taking on Mars Hill Bible. And in 3A, you have Plainview taking on Winfield. In 4A, you have Jacksonville taking on Escambia County. And then in 6A, you have Huffman taking on Coleman. 7A is not set yet. We have a Final Four matchup between Spain Park and Enterprise and James Clemens and Baker. So last night in college basketball, we had a near upset, but Auburn was able to beat Mississippi State 81-68 to in overtime, led by Jabari Smith's 27 points. They clinch at least a share of the SEC regular season as conference tournament play begins next week. Right now, the Auburn Tigers, ranked fifth in the country, are 14-3, in first place in the Southeastern Conference, followed by a three-way tie between Arkansas, Kentucky, and Tennessee, all with a 13-4 and record. Of course, Arkansas plays Tennessee this Saturday, and Kentucky goes on the road against Florida. Major upsets in college basketball. Texas A&M was able to beat Alabama 87-71. to You had Creighton beating number 18-ranked UConn 64-62, and Clemson beat Georgia Tech 68-65. Georgia Tech currently in last place in the ACC with a 4-15 conference record and 11-19 overall. They look to be in trouble 
And Josh Pastner is on the hot seat for the Yellow Jackets as they have once again disappointed in basketball. By the end of this weekend, we'll find out we have several teams that could punch their ticket into the NCAA tournament as Selection Sunday will be next Sunday on March the 13th. I cannot wait. That Monday show on March the 14th, I'll have a bracket filled out already. Hopefully, I'll have Rob Frazier on the show and we can discuss our bracket. I'm interested to see. I actually looked up teams in the NCAA that's been in the NCAA Division I for a while with the longest NCAA drought. And it's a pretty interesting list. Dartmouth out of the Ivy League. Right now, they're 8-16. and 16. They have not made the NCAA tournament since 1959. You had Tennessee Tech. Currently, they're 11-20. and 20, Still alive in the Ohio Valley Conference as they take on Moorhead State. They have not made the NCAA tournament since 1963. How about Bowling Green out of the MAC? They're 13 and 17 right now on the season. They have not made the NCAA tournament since 1968. You have Rice University, 15 and 13 record out of Conference USA, has not made the NCAA tournament since 1970. You have Virginia Military Institute that has not made the NCAA tournament since 1977. The Furman Paddlins out of the Southern Conference, has not made the NCAA tournament since 1980. But let me tell you something. With a 20-11 overall record and 12-6 in-conference play, they win the conference tournament they're in. I mean, right now they're in second place behind Chattanooga. That's a team to keep an eye on, possibly breaking the streak. And now let's talk about the Toledo Rockets out of the MAC. 24-6 record, 16-3 overall in the MAC and they will get a number one seed. If there is any team that is to break a 40-year streak, it's the Toledo Rockets. I mean, Georgia finally won a national title after having not won one since 1980. Toledo has not made the NCAA tournament since 1980. This is the perfect year for a team to break that drought for not making the NCAA tournament. So I wish nothing but the best of luck to the Toledo Rockets, and I'm hoping that they could finally break that streak. And how cool would that be to see their fans storming the court and cutting down the nets and winning the MAC and making it into the NCAA tournament? I'm always a fan of Cinderella when it comes to March Madness. All right, let's talk about Coach K because his final regular season game will be this Saturday night against North Carolina at Cameron Indoor Stadium. It will be the final regular season game as Duke is currently 26 and 4 and 16 and 3 overall in the ACC. They have clinched the ACC regular season title and they will get a number 1 seed in the ACC tournament. Now coach K is a very special coach because I don't think there is anybody that has been as great as coach K. If you want to talk about John Wooden, it was a different time, a different era. UCLA was just dominating college basketball, and there was really nobody else. Coach K entered an era with legendary head coaches like Bobby Knight and Jim Boeheim and Jim Calhoun, and he is going to retire this year. I mean, he took over in 1980 as Duke's head coach. Duke really didn't get going until the 1983 season, but Duke really was put on the map in 1986 when they were a runner-up to Louisville. And then in 1990... They reached the tournament again, but was blown out by the UNLV running Rebels. And then in 1991, this is when I started hating Duke. 
And I started hating Christian Leitner and Grant Hill and Bobby Hurley because these were some great teams. Duke defeated UNLV in 1991 in the Final Four. In my opinion, one of the greatest upsets in college basketball history. Coach K, which I, I like Coach K. He's a great coach. Won his first title in 1991 with the Duke Blue Devils. In 1992, the year that Duke was playing the Fab Five, Duke wins it again with the same team they won it in 91 with Christian Leitner, Bobby Hurley, and Grant Hill. Coach K won five NCAA titles with Duke. 91, 92, 2001, 2010, and 2015. He is the all-time leader in wins with 1,123 wins. He also has 12 Final Four appearances and 15 ACC tournament titles. So Coach K, considered one of the greatest basketball coaches of all time. He makes the Hall of Fame in 2001. He made the College Basketball Hall of Fame in 2006. And to top it all off, because he was a great college coach and some debate whether he would be a good NBA coach, I think he'd be a great NBA coach. He led Team USA to three gold medals as head coach of Team USA. Since 1983, Duke has only missed the tournament twice. I'm not counting the COVID year in 2020 because Duke would have made the tournament. They had 25 wins that year. Last year, Duke went 13-11. It was a crazy year because we didn't have fans and COVID and everything. And then he also missed the tournament in the 94-95 season. And that was a crazy year because he did miss half the season because of health issues. Other than that, he's had consistency across the board, making the NCAA tournament just about every year. And he is the most decorated coach in all of college basketball. And I'm including John Wooden. All right. So I actually think they just released the odds on favorites to win the NBA title. And right now the Phoenix Suns have a 31% chance of winning the entire thing. And why not? When Chris Paul gets back, they are a dangerous team. They have lessons learned from reaching the finals last year, took a 2-0 series lead against the Milwaukee Bucks, and felt at times that series could have went either way. I think that the Suns are capable of winning the NCAA title, followed by the Golden State Warriors, who have a 17% chance to win the NBA title. And of course, because they still have the same core players that won three titles with Draymond Green, Steph Curry, and Klay Thompson. And then right after that, it gets pretty interesting. The Utah Jazz have a 10% chance of winning the NBA title. They were a number one seed last year. They still have the same core players. Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell, Mike Conley Jr. They are a very good team. But surprisingly, the Philadelphia 76ers have a 3.2% chance of winning the NBA title. And I think with the acquisition of James Harden, and I think with the acquisition of James Harden, they are a dangerous team in the Eastern Conference. The 76ers are 3-0 and on the season. They have a four-game win streak. They are currently 38-23 and and two back of the Miami Heat in the Eastern Conference. They are currently the third seed. A very dangerous team that you look at what they actually got. The MVP candidate, Joel Embiid. I think the 76ers are more than capable of winning the NBA title. So that shocks me a little bit that they have a 3.2% chance of winning the title, especially with the acquisition of James Harden. They look like a dangerous team. Well, tonight the Chicago Bulls come into State Farm Arena to take on the Atlanta Hawks. 
The Hawks, after that meltdown against the Boston Celtics, they're currently the 10th seed in the Eastern Conference, and they are a game above the Washington Wizards. This is not the same team that reached the Eastern Conference Finals. I don't think Nick McMillan is a great head coach. He got the interim job. He was 27-11 as the interim head coach last year. And because of his success, they gave him the full-time position. He's not a great head coach. Although Trey Young is having a great season, averaging 27 points a game. John Collins has regressed, averaging 16 points a game. He averaged 17 last year. The year before, he averaged 21. I knew that once he got the big contract, that he would regress. DeAndre Hunter, at times takes a night off on the defensive side of the ball. He's supposed to be the defensive stopper. I thought that trading away Cam Reddish was a good move because the Hawks are going to get a lottery pick because the Knicks are just terrible. I mean, he's not doing anything with the Knicks. But the Hawks need to get another piece in here, and I think that they will compete next year. I don't think they're going to compete this year. If they get into the playoffs, that's great, but there's just too many good teams. If they run into Philly, Milwaukee, Boston... Brooklyn, they're going to have problems. I know that the Miami Heat and the Chicago Bulls have not been tested yet in the playoffs, but I think that they have a very talented team and they can be a nightmare ma- they could be a matchup they could be a matchup nightmare in the pro- they could be a matchup nightmare in the playoffs as well. So I am pleased to announce on this show that I will be calling the spring game for Russell County football on May the 20th. I'm looking forward to the 2022 season as the new schedule has come out. Their first home game will be against Harris County. And that has got some ties with me living in Columbus. I'm right on the border of Muskogee and Harris County. That is going to be a fun game. I'm looking forward to Russell County football this season as they have a star running back, Drew Pickett. And I'm looking forward to their junior quarterback, Robert Calhoun as he has been a playmaker, and they went 6-4 and four last year. Head coach Dylan Griggs in his second season is just going to be great. He's got a great coaching staff, and I'm really blessed that I'm a part of the Russell County family as they allowed me to be the public address announcer for basketball and part-time baseball this year. So the sky is the limit. Of course, I'm not calling the baseball game tonight because I have a Rapids game tonight, but they are taking on Pike County on Friday. They are taking on Heedland tonight at Russell County Baseball Field. It's a shame I can't be in two places at once. This is going to be a great weekend of sports. I'm looking forward to the NFL Combine. I'm looking forward to calling the Rapids game tonight. I'm also calling a Russell County baseball game on Friday as they will take on Pike County. And I have a coaching show next Monday. So we have a very busy week of sports, and I'm really excited about everything that's going on. Before I close the show, not sports related, but a big movie comes out tomorrow. I'm not sure if I'm going to see it. It's The Batman. I don't know how I feel about Robert Pattinson playing Batman. Good for him that he's not going to get typecast as Edward from Twilight. And you're probably wondering, how do I know that? It's just because I'm married. And when we were dating, we went to go see Twilight in the movie theater. That's neither here or there. But I'm interested to see how this movie is going to play out. I'm a big DC fan. I don't think it's going to be part of the DC extended universe, but I think it's going to be a good movie. You have villains like the Riddler and the Penguin and Catwoman. So it should be interesting to see how far this Batman is going to go and if it will be a franchise. Of course, my favorite Batman of all time is The Dark Knight. 
followed by The Dark Knight Rises. I think that Christopher Nolan's Batmans were a lot better than the Joel Schumacher Batman and the Tim Burton Batman. I believe the worst Batman movie of all time is Batman and Robin. I mean, there's no chemistry with the actors, too many puns. Although it's funny, the Arnold Schwarzenegger ice puns are hilarious, and I laugh at it. It's just bad acting all around, and I'm not convinced about George Clooney as Batman, and just a waste of characters. Bane was horrible, although he redeemed himself in The Dark Knight Rises. When I think of Batman villains, by far the number one Batman villain is Heath Ledger as the Joker. Then Tom Hardy as Bane. That's number one, and that's number two. So I'm interested to see Colin Farrell as the Penguin. I wonder if that's going to be pretty interesting. So I'm looking forward to this Batman movie. I'm not sure if I'm going to watch it in the theaters. I might wait for it to come out on video. You know, we got a great summer of seeing blockbuster movies. So I'm looking forward to it. Well, that's all the time I have on the show. Thank you for listening to my podcast. And I will talk to you tomorrow as we break down more conference tournaments. And I will recap the Rapids game. Hope everybody has a great day. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. If you would like to hear more of this podcast, you can download the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is broadcasted out of Columbus, Georgia, and focuses on the local and national sports scene. I am Richard Holdridge. If you have a sports question or if you would like to be a guest on the show, just inbox me on my Facebook page, The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge, or on my Twitter feed. And as always, I hope that you have a blessed day. You've been listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. We invite you to download and subscribe. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Cast, Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Thanks for listening. Feel free to share with your friends and family. This has been The Sports Beat, with your host, Richard Holdridge. Produced in Columbus, Georgia. Extra production provided by J.D. Matthews. All opinions stated herein are those of the host and do not represent the opinions of Anchor Podcasts. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.